Well, good afternoon and welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. I'm Dan Edwards, managing broker for the Eastside Real Estate team. Thanks for joining us today. It is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. That's 30 shopping days, excuse me, 31 shopping days until my wife's birthday. So I got some time to procrastinate that one. Um, it's a beautiful fall day out, a little blustery, a little gray. We're loving that weather here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, thanks for watching our show. If you are watching live on Instagram, not Instagram, excuse me, on YouTube, please subscribe and like this video. And if you would like to hear past podcasts, uh, we do broadcast this anywhere podcasts can be found. So Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or more. Now, this is the show dedicated to living, working, and uh, playing on the east side. And we're going to have two great guests today. We're First off, we're going to welcome um, our uh, loan friend, Michael Burdick with Loan Depot. And then we will uh, be joined by Doug Peterson of Get Priorities Straight. But first, let's jump into some real talk. So the topic today of our real talk is uh, addressing the big question out there. Should you renovate or move? I think there's a show out there called List It or Leave It or Love It or List It. I don't know. I can't remember the name. I don't watch the show. But the last 18 months has really changed a lot of perceptions in a lot of sellers' homes. And recently, the American Institute uh, of Architects released a um, AIA home design trends survey uh, for Q quarter three. 2021. This survey basically tells us what people are looking for in a home. I love looking at this stuff, kind of geeking out. So let me kind of go over some of the things that they found that homeowners are looking for in their home. Well, 70% of respondents actually were looking for more outdoor living space. So that's like the number one most popular um, item is getting outdoors. Maybe that had to do with being indoors in COVID. 69, so a close second place, said uh, they were looking for a home office. Now, uh, 48% said multiple home offices. So the Zoom room or the he shed or sea shed, whatever it is, um, for those places to get work done because a lot of us are still working remotely um, thanks to innovations, quite honestly. I remember back in the, the 90s, I was like, telecommuting, that's the best. But of course, nobody really did it until the pandemic hit. So number three, 46 respondents, 46% of respondents said they wanted a multifunction flexible space. So that could be a Zoom room that gets converted into um, a play area. Who knows? Um, and then 42% of respondents said they wanted a in-law suite or au pair suite, a place um, and it's really popular now whenever we have homes that actually have a, a uh, living space and uh, with a like a three-quarter bath on the main level. That's really important to a lot of potential um, home buyers because they want to have either their family come over for a long-term stay or that live in au pair. Um, next, 39% of respondents said they wanted an exercise or yoga room, right? So that they could park their car in the garage. I don't know about you, but during the pandemic, the garage became my workout space, which then went dusty for the entire time because I didn't use it. Anyways, that's my problem, not yours. So anyways, that's kind of the idea. So if you're a homeowner looking to do something to zhuzh up your home. Uh, well, the number one most popular thing would be outdoor space. And after that, it would be a home office and then so on and so forth. All right. So um, the big question, though, is it kind of brings us down to three factors that would factor into what you should do, right? Uh, the first one is, do you have a possible desire to relocate? 
Okay. So are you thinking, and this is a question that I have with homeowners all the time. If you did sell this home, where would you go and why? And I think the most important question is why, why would you go here? Where would you go? and Why? A lot of those questions end up being, well, my grandchildren are here or my friends and family move there. Uh, we had our own Gabby move from Washington to Virginia to be closer to her family. That's our transaction coordinator, our, our operations manager. Um, uh, another uh, consideration would be the difference of the cost of renovation versus a purchase. Uh, renovation costs are skyrocketing right now. And the worst problem is not the cost, although that's certainly an issue, is uh, the available labor, the timing. And then, of course, now some of the things slipping into that are the supply. So getting the materials, cost of the materials and supply. So those are three very big deal. But then there's that third consideration is how easy is it to find what it is you're looking for in either an existing home or new construction. A lot of challenges facing homeowners out there, and I have to say it's not easy, but in either case, uh, I will say there seem to be some equity options. So once you've decided what you plan on doing, and let's say you plan on selling, let's say you plan on renovating. Well, a home equity line of credit is one way to utilize the equity in the home. And since we've seen a uh, home equity skyrocket, there may be an opportunity to actually reduce your payment while you make these uh, improvements. But also too, we have a company, an organization that we work with, if you're planning on selling, that will get you cash based on the equity in your home and have those renovations to get it ready for sale. So um, if you have any questions about that program, uh, we are active with that. We have cash. Well, I wouldn't say cash, but let's just call it same as cash. But we have funds available for anybody looking to renovate very quick application, not a home equity line of credit, but it is related to the equity in the home. I digress. Um, and we'll talk a little more about, about that. So one of the big questions is how much equity do I have? Now, that's where real estate agents come in. But I will tell you over the last two years in the on the greater east side, we've seen appreciation in the double digits between 10 and 20 percent. So you may be surprised how much equity you have in that home and the type of home that you can afford in the location you may be considering. So we have helped a lot of people move not only from here to other states, but also east east side, say Wenatchee, Idaho, um, Arizona, Phoenix, Virginia, Florida. These are all different areas that you may be able to cash out that equity and put it into everything that you're looking for, perhaps in a different location. So, um, so there's a lot to kind of unpack there, but the long story short is there's a lot that goes into whether or not you want to sell or renovate your home. If you would like a free consultation on your equity, learn a little bit more about what should or shouldn't be done, whether it for sale or for your own home, feel free to give the Eastside Real Estate Team a call. You can find our website at the eastsiderealestateteam.com. All right. Well, I hope you found that Real Talk segment interesting. Um, next up, we're going to kind of talk finances. We're going to be uh, first joined by Michael Burdick, with Loan Depot. But before we uh, go to that, we have a very short commercial break. Are you feeling stressed out and eating too many treats while in quarantine? Stephanie Johnson with AdvoCare can help coach you so that you're feeling your best, even in these times. For over eight years, Stephanie has helped so many start a healthy lifestyle by teaching free nutritional workshops and recommending what AdvoCare supplements to take so that her clients can reach their health goals. Whether it's more energy or weight loss, let's come out of quarantine feeling good with summer-ready bodies. To get more information, you can call or text 425 269 
1-800-529-0007 or go to advoteamjohnson.com. Again, that's advoteamjohnson.com or call or text 425-269-0007. All right. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dan Edwards with the Eastside Real Estate Team, and you are listening to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Team, uh, Eastside, Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. Uh, we are here with Michael Burdick. Let me add Mr. Burdick. Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having How are me. How today? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Good. Long time no see. You were out at our pumpkin patch event we had this last weekend. That was a blast. Thank you so much for that. It was great seeing yeah, your, everyone. Your kids are adorable. I wonder where they get they get their good looks from their mother. They're they uh, freaking Absolutely. adorable. Um, <laughs> all right. So today we're going to talk about what are we going to talk about? Let's share kind of what's been happening. It's been a while since we had a mortgage moment. Um, rates go up, rates go down. Where where do we sit right now? Well, rates have come up a little bit, but I mean, if that's if you've been looking at the market for the last year or two if you've been look if you've been around or this is your second home i mean rates in the low threes right now are still historically some of the best rates i've ever seen in my career which is 12 years um they're not that rock bottom best rate we've ever seen that we saw you know a year ago um but you know with kind of news coming out it, it sounds like as as things open up as as the pandemic hopefully is leaving us rates should continue to go up. Um, Interest so that, rates? That's, how, that's, that's getting some momentum and putting a fire under some people that are on, on the fence right now, whether they should buy or, or finally get that refi done or and stuff like that. So Okay. So you're saying that you're seeing, uh, as, as we come out of this pandemic, that interest rates are going to start to kind of go up. Where are they at roughly uh, right now for a 30-year fixed conventional? So... I hate telling people what a rate is because then they call me and they say, no, well, what no, you told me was this. But, and that's, that's a reason why our company doesn't advertise rates just because it's a lost leader. But let's say you have great credit, 20% down, you're buying a, not a jumbo or a small manufacturer, just a single family home. You're going to be in about the low threes right now. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, that's really good. Now, so. And I'm hearing there's a lot of different things happening with jumbo rates. Um, can you share what's going on with that? You know, it, it depends. Jumbo has gone through a lot of changes throughout the pandemic. It got really tight. So a lot of people couldn't even access the jumbo lines. Um, so, you know, people that had lower credit scores were taking much higher rates. If you were qualified, though, you were getting some some good jumbo rates. Um, I, I think they're they're pretty comparable to conventional right now um, for the the well qualified client. Okay. Um, any new programs that you can let us know about? Like we talked today in our, our real talk segment about renovating a home or getting it ready. Any, anything that you can add to that? Yeah. I mean, those are very hot topics right now as, as far as how do people access their equity? What should they do? Should they keep the home and renovate? Should they buy a new home where they know they might need to renovate? Um, they're sitting on equity. So that's the conversation that I'm having with people every day is what, what do you do? Should you refinance, renovate your own home or should you buy and renovate? Um, and, and there's different strategies on what to do, whether you're going to sell and buy, you know, you can take money and you can bridge loan it and, and use that equity to purchase the new home. Um, and then we're doing a lot of cash out refis where people are just taking their equity and then actually, 
creating that home gym or office or whatever they need in their current home to make it their forever home. So, okay. Yeah. Um, now when it comes to being competitive, uh, everybody's looking for an advantage when we have multiple offer situations, how do you help our, um, our buyers be competitive? Absolutely. So, you know, purchases continue to be competitive, lack of inventory, and then a, an abundance of very qualified people in the Seattle area. So you got to stand out against the cash, against the large down payments. So what we do is we, I mean, there's different ways to do it. You can on a Sunday, call me up and say, Michael, I, I found this house. I need to make an offer and I'll make that happen. But that's not going to give you the, the, all the, you know, the, the best chance. The, the best thing to do is to reach out early in the process before you found that home, get all your ducks in a row, get your full pre-approval, know your options and budget, provide everything so we can get a full underwriting approval. And then that listing agent, along with working with the realtor like yourself, we're going to all work together. I'm going to call that listing agent and say, this person is, or this client's not someone that I just met today. We've got them fully underwritten. We're going to be able to get this loan closed smoothly. This is very strong financing. And that call can, can definitely help you uh, versus someone that goes the other route. Not to say that you can't do that and you can get lucky doing that, but it's better to prepare yourself. Awesome. Yeah. I think the preparation is really the key there. And, um, I, I can't tell you how many people we come across that just haven't. And, you know, I sit on the other side of the, the aisle with regards to representing sellers. And when we see pre-approval letters and, and we can see right through, um, yeah. whether or not that has, um, really all the heavy lifting or the, what is it called? Uh, underwritten, fully underwritten, you know, yep. Yep. um, and, and that, that's important. I mean, I got to tell you in the mind of sellers, security yep. on these deals is very important. People are throwing a lot of things around, including a lot of money, but they're not a very secure deal. And there's nothing, you know, you never know what could happen in uh, a week, two weeks or a month or two months, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, whether sellers are winning or not, they're still very risk adverse because they have other things to do and other things to worry about, like moving out of their house. So it's good to Absolutely. have somebody like you come in and provide that detail so that the sellers can have confidence. For sure. Cool. Absolutely. Anything? Any, yeah, I'm sorry. Anything else you want to share? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like I said, people are, are getting out there and, and, and finally saying, well, rates are, are probably going to go up. Some people are saying, well, our value is going to come down. And even if they don't go down or up, if rates go up, that's going to limit your buying power. You know, that if we have 3.25 now and if it goes up to 4.25, that's going to change payment by $300 in some cases. So yeah. I think I think just this is the time to, to take advantage of the rates while they're still pretty good. Awesome. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your input. How do people get a hold of you? Michael Burdick. I've worked at Loan Depot for seven years. I'm in downtown Bellevue. Uh, Google Michael Burdick Bellevue, Loan Depot. Thank there you. There you go. All right. Thanks for joining us. All right. Next up after this short break, we're going to bring on Doug Peterson talking about getting your priorities straight. So we'll come back after this short commercial break. Is your company planning a new office and you're wondering who can help you with the transition? Sean Tornquist with Seattle Modern Office helps local companies plan their new office, buy and install furniture, and even relocate existing furniture and equipment. Furniture planning and consultation is a free service at Seattle Modern Office. Sean will walk you through all the complicated steps of executing a major office transition and find you the best product solutions for office 
office furniture to outfit the new space. He guarantees your vision for form and function at your new office can be achieved within your budget. To learn more, call Sean at Seattle Modern Office. Reach him by telephone at 425-761-9473 or online at www.seattlemo.com. Again, that is 425-761-9473 or seattlemo.com. Awesome. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dan Edwards. You are watching Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Teams podcast, and we are now here. Oh, let's add him to the show. Doug, hey, welcome to the show. Hello. It's great to be here. Well, so glad that you could make it. It's been a little while. We had kind of a busy summer and weren't able to get you booked on because you're just, you're high flying. You're like in demand. Um, I know it's actually more my fault because I was actually all over the place. But uh, let me tell you a little bit about Doug. He's got 20 plus years of helping people align their goals and visions, both personally and professionally. He founded Get Priority Straight in 2018 to provide a program that helps individuals maximize their personal income and improve their ability to invest. Having founded and run over eight businesses in his career, Doug has perfected a system. That works regardless of industry, material, marital status, material status too, I suppose, or income. He's currently working with Amazon managers, wealth managers, real estate professionals, attorneys, and technology professionals. And Doug, we've got a cool Q&A today. Um, so we're going to dive right in. But I'm not quite sure the first question it says, if you have a good credit score, does that mean you're a credit risk? What do you mean by that? You know... So helping people really balance their cash flow, a lot of times credit comes up and credit scores come up. Credit scores uh, really measure how you've handled credit in the past. You could have a great credit score and have just lost your job mm -hmm. and maybe not have income. So it just tells, it's an algorithm from the credit agencies that <laughs> says, have they paid their bills on time? Do they have too much credit utilization? Do they get a lot of credit cards? Do they cancel a lot of credit cards? So it doesn't necessarily mean you're good credit risk. It just means you have a high score based on what they measure. Okay. I have a question there. It doesn't look like it's very cloudy where you're at. Are you in town or are you somewhere else? I am in town. Wow. In it just looks like you might have a, a patch of blue sky back there. I don't know. Just the way it's looking. It, super yeah. nice. Well, blue drapes. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so how can somebody then, you know, obviously credit score guides what, how low your rate can be in, in most instances, it also used to factor into the, the cost of your home insurance. Um, how can somebody go about increasing their credit score? So learning a little bit about the factors, you know, one of the biggest ones that people don't realize is that credit utilization is one of the high impact factors. And that, what that means is basically how much you're carrying on credit cards at the time the statement hits. Mm -hmm. uh, some people say there's a magic number below 33, but of course it's better to be at zero because you know you don't want to be paying interest. Right. But if you're in the in the homeowner market or you're looking to buy something, make sure you pay off your balance in full before the statement date, and your utilization will literally go down to zero on that particular card. If you have a number of cards and you have high utilization, one of the biggest things you can do is to take something like your 401k, borrow against it at 5% instead of paying 25 or 28% and lower those utilization rates on your cards. But one thing that's important is don't take one that's at 80% and pay it off and leave one that's at 70%. Get them all at 50 or 40 or 30 and that'll help your score even more. And that's, from what I've heard, that is the biggest impact is keeping it 
keeping a, a balance below below the thirty percent. Obviously, the lower the better, right? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, what about well, canceling credit cards? Is that a good plan? Well, some of this has to do with timing as well. So, one of the other big factors on your credit score is how long you've had credit. So if you cancel three old cards that you've had 10 or 15 years and keep the new one you got last month, that's really going to affect your credit score. Oh, but really? If you, got a, if you got a card and you decided to sign up for a card to get some Southwest airline miles and you get the card and in a year you cancel before the fee is due, you'll still keep your miles and you've only had one year of credit. So it'll even actually boost your credit score a little more. So there's just a, it, it, it kind of, it's one of those, it depends answers. Okay. But typically if you cancel a card, it may drop a couple of points and then pop right back up. So it's not a big deal at all. People so think that, it's terrible. That leads me to the uh, next question is canceling cards. How does that affect the credit? And you're saying it, it depends. It's a depends kind of thing. Yeah. So again, the biggest thing on canceling cards, and I know I jumped around a little bit because everything's interrelated. Sure. Uh, is you know how long you've had the credit with with a company, but just canceling a card that you got recently is not a big deal at all, and generally canceling a card isn't a big deal at all either. But you know this from selling real estate: don't make credit moves where you're in the process of refinancing or buying a house, because any activity at all could adversely affect your credit, other than paying down balances. So adverse, what does that mean? Getting turned down. Uh, you can you can literally get a 10 or 15 point drop and put you in a whole new category if you're applying for a mortgage. And yeah. I have had it go both ways. Now, I'm not in the mortgage business, but I've had people do just fine. And I guess the biggest answer is if you've had very few credit inquiries, you haven't been getting new cards or canceling a lot of cards, and you've got a good long length of credit, buying getting one card is not going to be a big deal at all. But if those other factors are marginal, it could affect it. So I would say, though, as a general rule, if you're applying for a mortgage, don't make credit moves because you're going to have at least have an inquiry on your credit to apply for a card or apply for any kind of loan. So the more that you can look really stable, like you're not doing anything, if you're applying for a mortgage, that'd be my advice. Look like you're not. Yeah, I've had people buy cars and it totally killed their. Totally it kills the deal. Killed their, yeah. yeah. Because not only now are they doing a credit score, but they're actually blowing up their ratio, their debt to income ratio. So yep. uh, it's best that in those 30 days between getting an offer accepted and closing on the deal that you don't buy anything on credit. I mean, it's just best practice. Agreed. Um, all right. Let's talk about credit utilization. What is that? So I alluded to that earlier. Credit utilization is the amount you're using on your credit card or loan that is available. So if you have a $10,000 balance uh, credit limit and you're using $5,000, you'll have a 50% credit utilization. Again, we talked a little earlier about this being 30%. This is the biggest killer, and people don't even realize how deep in debt often they're getting mm. because they go, oh, I have room on that card. Well, mm -hmm. what room on that card means is I can go deeper in debt. So through this credit discussion, you know, my bias is debt is not our friend. Other people's money, unless it's good debt that can appreciate, but consumer products that depreciate, uh, using credit, they, they just cost even more. Now, I know it's difficult to buy a car. So, you know, that's kind of one of those exceptions that you 
may need to get credit on. But boy, the more that you can stay out of consumer debt, the better off you are. And the more that you can keep your utilization down as low as possible. And we said 33%, but I'd much rather see it, you know, five or 10% your score is going to really affect that. All right. So sometime you alluded to uh, air miles. So is that a, is that a wise thing to do? You know, I do it. So you'll have to decide if I'm wise or not, but I have 1.2 airline million airline miles and I just do a very slow approach to applying for cars occasionally. Now, here's another thing about this is when you apply for a credit card, if you're going to do the credit card game, what I call it, uh, you want to make sure that you don't apply for a card any less than 90 days apart. So if you want to get a couple airline cards, don't get one today and then get one next week, get one the next week. That's going to blow up your inquiries. Wait for 90 days. Another good thing to do is if you are going to get them, and let's say you want to get a Southwest card for business and a Southwest card for personal so you can qualify for their free companion fare, which goes for the beginning. All of, if you applied for it now in October and didn't hit the threshold till after the first of the year in the three months, you would qualify once you hit their minimum of 125,000 points for a companion fare for all that year and the next year. So it can really, really pay off and you can use your points with it, but it takes some strategy and it can be very, very effective. So Hmm. I say, yeah, if you want to, but there is limitations with any kind of airline mile card, there's restrictions. Uh, It's a little bit harder to book sometimes, but the cost savings is huge. It's just huge. So if you like to travel, I think they're great to get. So which one's the best? I mean, it sounds like you've done some research. Which uh, which airline card is the best? Well, if you're doing domestic travel, Mexico, Hawaii, Southwest has always been the best. It's a lower cost airline. Some people don't like it, but they're the only ones that let you use points with the companion fare. Hmm. And that's what I would get. If you're traveling internationally, usually you need, well, you always need a strategy. Don't just go out and say this this card has 80,000 miles, so I'm going to get it over this 60,000 mile card. Decide where you want to go first so you don't have a bunch of points expiring that you can't use. Mm-hmm. And One World Airlines, we went to Australia. Alaska works with them. American works with them. They work with Canadian. There's all, the, all this is available on the internet if you're looking for that. The points guy, million mile secrets. There's a whole bunch of information out there. But I like Southwest for domestic and I like uh, Alaska and American for international travel, typically to Europe or Australia. Hmm, excellent. I dig it. All right. Let's see. So tell me a little bit about how a, a most recent success story um, with, with, because essentially we're talking about credit and, uh, you know, taking advantage of that. Why don't you share with our, 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 our watchers, listeners, um, kind of the impact that you have in, in the program that you have, Doug? Well, uh, the best success story I have is a great one. It was a guy that had 98% credit utilization. He was an attorney. So his credit cards were pretty well maxed out and it was to the tune of $125,000. We were able to roll that into a HELOC, which increased his credit score 136 points. His HELOC was at 4.75%, going from over 26%. So he was spending about $30,000 in interest wow. a year. Then we rolled that into a, a home refinance at 2.9%. So it just changed his life. Now he has no balances on his credit cards. And through the program that I do, 
which is really helping people intentionally manage their money and decide where it goes before they spend it and have a very clear spending plan. He knows if he's going into debt at all and he has no credit card balances hmm. and they're, they've got an extra $30,000 every year that they were spending in interest. Oh, wow. They were spending. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. Incredible. And you get behind the eight ball. You don't know what to do. I, yeah. you know, I want to go and refinance. Well, you can't necessarily just do it easily. Right. Sometimes there's a step. And one of the steps we made in this case was we rolled a bunch of his unsecured debt into a 401k loan, then got a HELOC, increased the HELOC, then rolled it all in and paid back the 401k through the home refinance. Well, that's awesome. Doug, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I we love having you on on a regular basis. And I think narrowing down that credit score and also the tip about airline miles is a really good one. Um, how do people get in touch with you? The easiest way is just go to schedulewithdoug.com. You can see my schedule or a phone number if you just want to call and set up a time to talk. I'd be happy to talk to you about your personal cash flow and any way that I could help you get on the same page with your partner and get more out of your money. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Um, we look forward to having you back uh, sometime soon. Thanks very much. Love being here, Dan. All right. So that was Doug with Get Priority Straight. And I really appreciate him coming on. And that concludes our show for the day. Let's see. Uh, hide current banner. There we go. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please uh, hit the like button. Share this post with your friends. If you have a small business in the area, if you want to share something that you love about living, working, or playing, on the east side please reach out to us at the eastside real estate team.com we thank you for watching thank you for sharing thanks for coming on take care